This episode is brought to you by Odeon, and if you've been to watch a film at Odeon lately, you'll know that nothing beats that cinematic feeling. It's not just about stuffing your face with delicious popcorn, although let's be honest, that helps. It's about your hairs standing on end, your palms sweating, and being transported somewhere magical. It's feeling every footstep of some giant, lumbering monster. It's car chasers, space battles, and your heart beating out of your chest. It's about feeling cinematic, and nobody does that better than Odeon. Head to odeon.co.uk or download their app to book your next adventure today. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, if you'd like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real cinema, the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair to give away every show. If you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, all you need to do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a comment on our socials. I'll explain more at the end of the show. Finally, if you'd like some visual extras from the show or to get in touch, we're on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok at Trip to Movies Pod. And if you like to watch your interviews rather than listen, go ahead and subscribe to our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel where you'll find the full video interviews for every guest in glorious Technicolor. OK, back to this episode. If you're ready, let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a special guest takes us on an incredible journey as they curate their perfect night out at our fantastic virtual cinema. This week we are joined by the host of the Private Parts podcast and BBC's Six Degrees from Jamie and Spencer podcast. He's a radio host, a TV presenter, a confectionery empresario, the star of Made in Chelsea and a world record holder, no less. Taking us on today's <laughs> Trip to the Movies is the brilliant Jamie Lang. Welcome to the Yay! show, Jamie. How you doing, man? <laughs> Alex, whenever you do those intros, because you, I mean, you, you've done intros for, for, for loads of different people throughout your life. Mm. Does it ever get any easier or is it always quite awkward for you? I'd say the biggest thing, because obviously you do them as well on, on your podcast. I think the biggest thing is you worry about saying something that the guest either then goes, well, that's just blatantly not true or, oh, I don't really like it when you reference that. It's like, I mean, like, for example, the world record holder thing. It's like, I don't know how proud you are of being able to eat the most jelly beans in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly actually held the world record once for um I'm really good at catching things in my mouth mm. bizarrely and I was uh I decided to try and break the record for um catching the longest a, a tomato fired from the longest distance in my mouth and we got up to 80 meters and I caught it the record was 110 meters we did 110 meters from a slingshot and holy smokes it was like a bullet hitting your face it was terrifying so I mean, that was my experience with it. I, so you broke the record, but you potentially almost broke your nose as well. No, I didn't break the record. I couldn't catch it. It's almost like a bullet. I can't, you can't see it. It's, I mean, I'm just hearing this for the first time, and it, it seems really obvious that that is going to be quite a painful experience. Did you not worry just before it was launched? Uh, I didn't worry until the first time when it hit my cheek and it felt like I got hit with a brick and I was like, this is intense. And then I was like, well, if I catch this in my mouth, I'm probably going to choke on it. So I was like, this is just not what, I, then I was caught. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like in my mid twenties trying to catch a tomato from a slingshot. I'm a loser. I was like, this is just, I'm a loser. Just for my own peace of mind. You only did it once, it hit you and you stopped. You didn't do it more than once. Oh, listen, I'm persistent. I did it, I did it about eight times. I was like, this, is, this just sucks. And then I looked at my friend who was lying on the ground, 
holding the slingshot and he had his two feet and either side of the thing about 100 meters away. And I was like, oh, we're just such dicks. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Am I that desperate for some sort of like fame that mm. I need to do this? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a weird validation to seek. Uh, being able to it's catch such a, a weird <laughs> tomato. It's such a weird validation. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, I'm so uh, impressed that you're on the podcast today. Am I right in thinking you're getting married this week? Dude, I'm getting married tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm getting. I'm getting. What well, I've got. So I'm getting married to my fiance, who's epic and everywhere. She. We're getting married at the registry office tomorrow. And then we're getting a sort of ma that's official, and then we're getting married in Spain with a big party with all of our friends and things. So I, I'm doubling up. Listen again, validation. I really need people to know <laughs> I'm getting married, so I'm doing it twice. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so so you're not. I guess you're not nervous then, because the registry office is kind of a low key affair. Are you doing speeches? Yeah. Are, are you? Are there going to be speeches? Have you? Have you? Okay, the best man speech. I don't think there's going to be speeches, no. But it's one of the like, marriage is just strange in every way. I say this to my fiance every time. I'm like, you, you, you're a stranger. You weren't there when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> you're not my mum. Like, who are you? You're just a complete stranger. I've only known you five years. It's like what? <laughs> and then, and then we have this. I, I, I do this podcast as well, which is called Nearly Words about my fiance and I getting married. And we got a divorce lawyer on, and uh, she scared the life out of me because she said, "Listen, just so you know, when you get married, everything you own is fifty fifty. And I was like, "Really?" And she was like, "Yeah." And my fiance was like. Well, I need to sign a prenup for you. And I was like, well, hang on a second, you want me to sign a prenup? And then she was like, yeah, like you're not taking any of my shit. And I was like, oh my God, this is like become really intense. Oh, wow. That's that's smart though. I think it's a, it's a smart move in this day and age, you know, but I mean, obviously what am I doing? I'm about to embark on a discussion about divorce on the eve of your wedding. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that line of conversation. Oh, that's exciting. Can I, Alec, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Mm. You've interviewed so many different people. You've done this for, for, for years. When you, because for me, I, the reason why I love podcasting, right, is because you get to meet different people and chat, all those kind of things. You've obviously must have had situations where it's, they've become awkward mm. or you've asked the wrong question. How do you get out of those situations? Uh, there, there, there's no way. I think once, or it, 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 honestly, it all depends on the guest. In my opinion, they can either sort of allow you to go, hey, hey like that, just then. Obviously, like going, hey, hey, probably won't chat about divorce on the eve of your wedding. And we laughed and we moved on. But you, depending on who the guest is, in this instance, it's you, which is great, but someone can go, yeah, actually, that was... Um, that's kind of inappropriate. And then you're like, well, this is dead. This is a dead interview. But thank you for not doing yeah. it. I, I did it. I interviewed um, Aubrey Plaza. Mm. I interviewed her. She's great. She's amazing. And, and, I, and I don't know why. And I have a weird thing with names sometimes where I, I don't. When I was at school, when I was a kid, <laughs> I can't really remember this. I was captain of the football team. And it came to like... Um, you know, at the end of the game, you'd have to go three cheers for the opposite school, whatever they were called. That's what we'd have to do. And I went, and the, the school was called Elstree. And I went, three cheers for, and I froze. And everyone went, Elstree, ha, 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 and laughed at me. And so I think I have PTSD now about names. So with Aubrey Plaza, I walked into the interview and I sat down and I went, hi, Audrey, how are you? And she went, my name's Aubrey. And I went, Fuck. I, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it for the whole end. I, honestly. And then I leaned into, like, she would tell a joke and I would go, ha, 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 ha. Like, to... <laughs> but, 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 was she all right, though? Was she all right in the end? Did she see the funny side? 
I, do you know what? I, I think she, uh, I think she, she's pretty awkward in lots of ways, in a brilliant way anyway. Mm. So she, she found the funny side. I think she was all right with it. Okay. Well, that's good. Cause I, I had a similar experience interviewing uh, the actress Amber Heard uh, for the, the rum diary. And, um, and I, I went in and I sat down and I went, uh, love to see you, Amanda Heard. And she looked at me like, what? And I was like, Amber, I'm so sorry. Amber Heard. And she was okay. There was a little bit of, um, okay, that's a, a kind of terrible start. And we did the interview. And I swear I didn't do it on purpose. As I said, thank you. I went, thank you very much, Amanda Heard. And that was, that was, I've never left the room so quickly. That was, that oh was, oh my bad. God. Mm. You doubled down. You doubled mm. down yeah. on the Amanda. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Because it looks like I'm doing it on purpose at that point to have that at the start and then finish up with that. That's, you know, it's like, yeah, have that, Amanda. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Hey, take that. I, I just last one, I, I, I interviewed, God, it's like we're name dropping, but that's, I mean, I just, I, I interviewed Brad Pitt and I was outside the room and I was actually like, I don't, what, what do I think Brad Pitt is going to do? He's probably going to, he's probably going to high five me. That's like quite a Brad Pitt thing. So, so I was like, Brad Pitt's probably going to high five me. That's definitely what he's going to do. So I walked into the room and I went for the high five with Brad Pitt and he had the fist pump. And so what I did is I grabbed his hand and went doorknob and twisted it. <laughs> okay, that's good. I've never done that in my life. That's great. I've never had it. And that happens far too frequently in my life. So the fact that there is a get out for that doorknob, brilliant. I, I love that. Um, I met him. I, I, I interviewed him once. It was so weird. I interviewed him once in, in, Berlin for um, Inglorious Bastards, and I don't know what I, I don't know what the situation was, but I walked in the room. I've never been in such a dark interview room. He was wearing a beanie with sunglasses on. The lights were so low; it was as though I could have gone. I, I honestly don't think that's Brad Pitt. I think the studio have gone shit. He couldn't make it, so we've just got this guy. And it was really weird. <laughs> Lovely man, though. lovely man. Hey, listen. The most important thing I want to talk to you about. Let's cut to the most important thing: Candy yeah. Kittens. Candy Kittens, your vegan yeah. sweet company, man. Um, so I, I'm assuming you're a vegan yourself, are you, or is it just a, a passion project? I so I'm not a vegan myself, but um, you know, ever since we started, we started the business about uh, 11 years ago now, and the idea at the beginning was just to make the sort of best sweet possible. And that was getting rid of uh, animal gelatine. That was getting rid of uh, palm oil, making them completely vegan, um, making them, you know, as healthy as they could be for you. And, and you know, we that was our sort of vision from the very beginning. We sort of try to, you know, think about sweets differently. Um, and it's been a long road. There's no wonder that these sort of confectionery giants within the industry are 150 years old. Mm. You don't make too much money when you're selling sweets because you have to sell <laughs> a lot of them. Right. So um, it's been an amazing road. But, we're, you know, we're so much more than that. You know, we, we're, we've become a B Corp as well, which is about people, planet and profit, all the same thing. Um, and so we're kind of trying to better the world at the same time as making delicious sweets. That's the idea behind it. And, we, you know, we're doing super well. And we can sort of proudly say we're the fastest growing confectionery company in the UK. Um, and yeah, we've got an amazing team of about 28 of us now. And, you know, I, I think maybe I, I have some sort of entrepreneurial spirit in me, but I'm not a great businessman. But um, the team just kill it. They're mm. just amazing. So um, I couldn't be proud of where it is at the moment. That's great. I mean, I, like, I, I guess the minute you know you're doing well is when uh, the Haribo snipers are out and you see a little red dot appearing on your forehead. Or not a little red dot, it'll be one of those little red there, uh, one of those little red hearts that they do. Then you'll know, like, <laughs> we're, making, we're making a splash of Haribo, I've got their snipers out. That's great. Are you in cinemas? 
You should be in cinemas, well, like in the foyers. Do, do you know what we we are in some cinemas? So we're we're in um we're in the Empire cinemas and we're in some so houses. But actually, weirdly enough, we try to go into view cinemas and things like that. But view cinemas, the the pick and mix had a monopoly over it. So you you couldn't for get any other suites in there unless they were the sort of company that owned the pick and mix suites. And and I love pick and mix suites, right? I I, I truly do. However, they are so bad like in terms of just like the the age of them the fact that they never get changed all this kind of stuff and so for me the thing about going to the cinema was the best thing in the world i go to the cinema i get the biggest salt popcorn you can possibly have i then go over to the little chocolate little um little chocolate things with raisins in them and i pour them all in my uh salt of popcorn and then i go and get so many sour cherries and some candy cane sweets under my t-shirt because you're not allowed to bring them in there. And I just then sit loudly and nail all of it before the movie starts. And that is <laughs> my favorite thing to do. It's honestly my favorite thing to do. Oh, man. Yeah, that's... Uh... I, actually, I actually judge someone. When you go to the cinema, what is your technique? Are you, are you a popcorn person? Are you a pick and mix person? What are you? I'm a purist. Uh, popcorn. Popcorn and uh, a Coke. Or it used to be a Coke. Now it's a Diet Coke because once you cross 40, believe me, Coke is just one of those things you can never have anymore. So, you know, I deal with that. But yeah, just it's salt and popcorn, the saltness and then the sweetness of the Diet Coke. Dumb. Simple. No messing about. I'm not saying... The idea of chucking in a bag of minstrels or raisin chocolate into that popcorn and having it melt is great, but then sticky, dirty, chocolatey fingers, I can't deal with that in a movie. One of the greatest inventions I think I have ever come across, apart from from Lower Pack, because Lower Pack spreadable butter is one of the greatest inventions ever. <laughs> the, the, I, I was in Canada. My sister lived in Whistler. Uh, for many years and we went to the cinema in Whistler and I always used to love going there whenever you go to America as you know or Canada movies always come out way quicker so you always get to see the movies that are out like mm. Alex it's really exciting I got I went to the cinema and in the cinema they had salt and vinegar popcorn what get out of here I know no. salt uh, salt and vinegar popcorn <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Talk me through this. So wait, so the salt and vinegar popcorn, it, uh, tell me it's like, it, it's fresh. It comes from a case. They scoop it into a, a cardboard box. It's not, it's not prepackaged because I'm not interested in that. It's not prepackaged. It's warm popcorn. And I think they must put some sort of powder on it. I don't know. They powder it. I don't, it's just, and it's honestly, it's like an orgasm in the mouth. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you are just, it's like the, it's like as a kid, you're taken to Autumn Towers and you know you're going to have the greatest day of your life. When you get that, that salt and vinegar popcorn and you sit down and watch a movie, you know you, life is complete. That is, Screw marriage. That <laughs> is complete. That is the greatest day ever. Wow. Wow. And this was in Canada. <laughs> this was in Canada you had yeah. this. Oh, my God. In Whistler in Canada in a very small cinema. I've never found it anywhere else, ever. And, and to be perfectly honest, you wouldn't think, do you know where I need to go for the ultimate cinema experience? Whistler. Whistler is where it's at, but there you go. Bloody hell. Two of the greatest cinema experiences I've ever had. Whistler in Canada. Unbelievable. Mm. The other one, Pasad Pasadena uh, in just outside of uh, near Malibu in Los Angeles. They have a cinema there. Man, that, honestly, I could live there. Why? It's, it's, why? 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 What about I a cinema? No, it's just the feng shui. It's the aura. Oh, just the people greet you. 
hey, you're like, hi, <laughs> they're so excited that you're there. You get to sit in these huge seats and they bring you all these different stuff. I had like chicken wings and oh my God, like honestly, it was unbelievable. It was great. And, and the movie that I watched, what movie did I watch? I think I, I what was that? Oh God, what was that movie? With with it was with De- of course it was Dennis Quaid. He's always mm. in these movies. It was with Dennis Quaid. I think it was, and he had a dog. And okay, he has a dog in a dog- lot of movies. I think it's contractual. Yeah, he has a dog in a lot of movies. I'm going to find it. Hold on. Wait, the dog. So, it- frequency, uh, not in a space. Didn't have a dog in inner space. Uh, frequency frequ- is the one of the greatest movies. You've seen Frequency, <laughs> the one where the Hickon takes his son through the radio from a different time. His dead dad. I think it's one of my greatest radio. movies ever. <laughs> It's a good movie, yeah. It's, I mean, one of the greatest ever. Okay. Are you kidding me? Wait, hang on. Frequency and Real Steel, two of the greatest <laughs> underrated movies ever. Agree with Real Steel. Yeah, Real Steel is just brilliant. It's like boxing robots in, always in. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so underrated. A Dog's Purpose. That's what it's called with Dennis Quaid, A Dog's Purpose. Okay. And it, and, and that, that got you in Pasadena. It's you're got, it's got there. everything you need. It's got it, look, It's got a little bit of action. It's got it's got uh, animals. It's got Dennis Quaid, and you know the other performance from Dennis Quaid, which was phenomenal. The rookie. Don't mm. know if you've oh. seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wait, are you a dog <laughs> owner, Jamie? Because the dog's purpose. I'm a dog owner, so I have to be very careful about dog movies. In fact, any animal movie. I had to ask someone before I watched Cocaine Bear if the bear lived or died at the end, and that dictated whether I watched or didn't watch it. I do. My my fiance has a dog. She has a little dash and puppy called Bobby. And at the beginning, I really hated this dog. But actually, what happens is that you really grow to love them. Uh, and now I'm pretty pretty protective. I also went and watched Cocaine Bear, mm. and um, and I I was I, it's, when those little cubs start tucking into the cocaine, I was worried. <laughs> I got a little bit concerned. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, it's kind of fun that it doesn't uh, actually in any way acknowledge the the the, uh, the addictive qualities of cocaine and giving cocaine to bear cubs and, and what the rest of their life might be like. I'm happy it just glosses over that massive question mark because you just. I, Leave a bad taste in the mouth. Um, hey, listen, uh, we've talked about cinema already, so why don't we just get there? Jamie, you're about to take us on your perfect night out at the cinema. You are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies. So we push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz as there always is in a cinema foyer, the hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Jamie. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? Oh, see, th- this is always a tricky one, right? Because, do, okay, do I go for someone famous? But then it's probably a bit awkward because I'm like sitting with them and it's a bit like, oh God, I don't really know. Mm. So, I, do you know, I'm going to go a bit boring with this. Um, and I don't think I'm going to go with anyone famous. I, 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 Quentin Tarantino, I'd love to take. I'd sure. love to take. But we're in the cinema and, you know, we can't really talk about stuff. So um, I think, bizarrely, I'm going to take my brother with me. My brother, I grew up, he's two years older than me. He was, the, he's, he, lo- he loves movies more than anything. Like me, we're both huge movie buffs. Um, he's more Shawshank, I'm more Robocop, if you sort of see what I mean. Okay. And, okay. <laughs> and I would go with him because we have a different take on it and still to this day when we watch the matrix he can explain it to me so um, <laughs> so i would sit with my brother it won't be awkward 
We could share popcorn or sweets and we're not worried about touching each other's hands because it doesn't matter. Right. I'm going with my brother, Alexander. You're taking your brother, Alexander. Can I call him Alex or does he prefer Alexander? Because I'm an Alex and I, I prefer Alex, but I have been called Alexander. It always makes me feel quite important. I call him Xander or I call him Butter. So, so you, you can pick one of those two. I'm going with Xander because it really upsets me when people go with Al. For me, I'm like, I just how, how it's sitting there. Xander, it works. I, I want it and no one gives it to me. Fine. So Xander, now he's two years older than you. How, were there occurrences when you weren't allowed to go to, say, a 15? He was 15, you were 13. Did he help you get in or did he go and you weren't allowed? There were, there were loads of times that happened. I mean, loads of different movies that he was watching when I wasn't. And, and you know, he was watching, I remember watching like Scream at the time when I wasn't. He went and saw Mars Attacks and I wasn't allowed to go and watch it. And that was just, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Got to go and see Mars Attacks. That was the most upsetting thing in the world. But still, still um, one of the worst one of the biggest troubles, I think he was such a good, he's such a good kid in every single way. And he's such a good guy. Um, we were in Washington, DC. We'd just been to Wyoming on a ranch. I don't know. My parents had just got divorced. My dad said, Let, let's take them to a ranch. That'll be good. What you do. That is, that's a it's thing. What you do. It's, it's, it's what you do. Call the ranch. We are coming. <laughs> cool. Let's go to Wyoming. Let's go to Yellowstone. Anyway, we were on the way back and we went to Washington, D.C. And we had one of those conjoining rooms. And my, me and my brother were sharing one. And my dad was in the other room. And we clicked on the movies and we came across a movie called Eight Millimeter with <laughs> Nicolas Cage. How old were you? I need to know because I know this. How old again? How old were you when this, this happened? I was eight. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And for anyone who doesn't know what Eight Millimeter is, it's basically about a snuff movie. And it's yeah. really, really there horrific. Are, there aren't many movies about snuff movies, uh, especially not for eight-year-olds. But it's it's... I mean, I was old enough to watch it, and I went, "This is horrible. This is so <laughs> it's awful. Horrible. It's so awful. <laughs> it's so awful." So, um, yeah. So, throughout our lives, there have been different times that we could watch different movies. But he was the one. You know, he he showed me Alien when I was too young. He, he we watched Scream together, and actually, weirdly, because of those movies, now I have a real obsession with horror movies. Love horror movies because of it. Yeah, that's it's good. I think it's a good education. See, I watched Aliens, the sequel. That was the first one I watched. I was about six years old, and it scared the shit out of me. And I've seen it since, mm. and it's like, how was I scared of this? But at the time, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, my God. It, it, what, can I just ask before we get, what genre, maybe you're going to get into this, what genre of movies do you love? I like sci-fi, and I like you. I like horror. Um, I'm also a, a big glutton. A, a duvet day movie for me is, is any one of the Avengers movies, probably Infinity War and Endgame back to back. Those are my perfect duvet day movies. And I know like the, the script off by heart now, and I'm annoying to watch them with, but I, I tend to do them on my own. That's mine. What's yours? Yeah, I, 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 Avengers movies are great. I do like sci-fi, but for me, horror, I don't know why. Horror movies... Man, they just they just hit different. The only thing that I'm not good at, but my brother is good at doing, is I'm not so great at rewatching stuff. Oh. So I have rewatched a lot of movies, but they have to be very particular movies that I rewatch because I, I like the suspense of not knowing what's going to happen. Okay, and as long as it doesn't affect one of your answers later, because I don't want to I don't wanna go too early on this. What what movie do you rewatch the most? Oh my god! Uh, the movie that I can rewatch the most, 
I mean, honestly, I'm not even kidding you. The two movies I think I've rewatched the most, which are 13 going on 30, that that movie the, is killer. The Jennifer Garner body swap yes. comedy. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and you thought I was going to say Pulp Fiction. No, nope, uh, not that. <laughs> and I respect you for going there. 30 going on 30. Yeah. 30 going. Brilliant. Brilliant. And... And uh, the other one that I I, uh, I really like, and I can keep watching. I don't know why. Um, it, I like Goodwill Hunting. Mm, Just okay. like Goodwill Hunting. I don't know why. Beautiful Mind is another one with Russell Crowe. Love that. Um, yeah, th- th- I don't know something that something that hits differently within me. I, I I have to. I love a movie that draws out some sort of emotion fear or i i like feeling something like feeling something within me then it, then i'm like yeah i tell you what the movie that i love recently top gun 2 maverick oh, oh my god yeah and a, a movie that had to be seen in the cinema i even had uh, such a visceral reaction to a film it actually made one of those sayings one of those age-old adages that everyone uses like oh yeah you know i was gripping the arms of the seat you know it was like well, my knuckles were white and like, i had to peel my fingernails out of the chair arms and you're like actually i did like i legitimately was like pulling them out afterwards dude alex i, I swear to god i i've rarely done this you know the moment where Tom Cruise, uh, it's, it, it's, you know, where it's a moment where you think Tom Cruise has died, mm-hmm. but that's a real spoiler for people, you know, the moment. and then you find out him, I jumped out of my seat and shouted, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in this, I've never done that. In the cinema, in the cinema, the only, the only two times, the only two times I've called out in the cinema. Well, that time when I went, I went, yeah, <laughs> I jumped out. And the other time is a bit more morbid, but in, um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm like, it's not, not a funny scene at all. It's really opposite of a funny scene. <laughs> but it's when, um, <laughs> in A Star is Born <laughs> with Bradley Cooper, when he, um, he commits, you know, he, he, you know, he's very sad. He commits suicide. I, I knew it was happening. I shouted in the cinema, please don't. <laughs> 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 oh, oh wow wow i mean there it is there's a testament to when a film has really touched you particularly jamie don't don't please do jackson please don't please don't <laughs> oh brilliant all right then well it's you and xander going to the cinema together there's a clock on the wall in the foyer it reads a specific time what time of day have we gone to the cinema this is a great question. I have a buddy who loves to watch movies in the morning. He went and watched Avatar, the new one, uh, Way of the Water. He watched that at 10 in the morning because he loves doing it then. And that probably finishes about 9 o'clock in the evening. <laughs> you know, I think he actually got it finished the next day. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, honestly. Um, the, um, I, for me, I, have, I, I went and watched um, my girlfriend at the time had just gone to university. And I was really upset because she'd gone to me and she was older than me. And I, it was like, it was young love. And my brother and I walked to the cinema to go and watch Superbad. Um, and I remember it still today. And we went to about a seven o'clock showing. And, it, and we walked, it was summer evening. We walked all the way there, watched it and walked all the way back. And for me, that time, so 6.30, 7 o'clock on a summer's evening is a pretty prime time to go and watch a movie. Because you can always walk back afterwards and it's not too dark. 
I like that. I remember as a kid when I used to go to the cinema and you would go and watch it in the day, it would be dark and then you'd walk outside, it'd be really light and you'd be like, oh, this is weird. I thought it should be dark, but it's not. So I like that sort of evening style thing. I like walking out of a cinema and it being darkish. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's, uh, I, I, I won't lie, uh, over the course of uh, this podcast's history, we've had people pick specific times, people pick even specific days. It's the first time we've had a season picked. So it's 7 p.m. <laughs> in summer specifically. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's summer, summer, 100%. But it's towards the end of summer. Mm. Right? It's not the beginning of summer. No. It's, it's towards the end. So it's like, it's like, a, it's like a late August. Okay, okay, okay. So a, a, a summer's evening in late August at 7 yeah. p.m. All right, I love it. Yeah. Right, in West this- London. In West London. <laughs> so wa- walking distance from my house. Right, lovely. You have booked the tickets for this trip, which means mm-hmm. you've decided where we're going to be sitting in the auditorium. Where are we sitting? Oh, great one. Okay, so uh, this is a this is a tricky one, right? Because are we in a comfy cinema? Because then it's kind of okay. Are we in sort of one of those normal cinemas? Where are we sitting? Um, I went once. I went with my buddy, and we watched uh, The Greatest Showman. And I said, "Oh, let's go and watch this thing." He went, "Oh, it's a musical. I don't really want to watch it." And the only seats available were the furthest right on the front row. And honestly, still to this day, it's one of the greatest cinematic experiences of my entire life. Yeah. From now on, it was just unbelievable. So actually, if if the the movie... I get you. I get you. Oh my God, it's great. From now on. (laughs) It's so good. Tangenting on that, did you ever watch um, the behind the scenes making of uh, The Greatest Showman where Hugh Jackman had hurt his nose and he couldn't sing and he sang it? Have you seen this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was in a rehearsal room and he was like, oh, I've, I've hurt my nose so I can't sing, but everyone else, and everyone else starts singing in the rehearsal room and you see him and he just, he can't contain himself and he goes, do you know what? He just starts singing it and mm. everyone starts getting up on the tables and going for it. It's like, oh my God, watch that. If you haven't YouTubed Hugh Jackman in rehearsals, you haven't lived. I, I once had the pleasure of interviewing him uh, for a, a, for it's the, it's the, to, today the greatest mu- interview I've ever done was with him sitting in a cinema watching the moments he picked from the greatest musicals in his opinion and I've never seen someone so engaged with what is happening on a uh. cinema screen that man he loves his musicals and the greatest showman I was like ugh musical like, it was the song this is me I was like oh my god oh my god I'm there I am there. <laughs> There, I'm there. I'm with it. It's just unbelievable. So this, this, unless you pick the Greatest Showman and you're looking to replicate those seats on the right at the front, then the are you picking those? I'm not picking those ones. No, but they were good ones. I'm, I'm picking it. So I'm going middle to front. Uh, that's what I'm doing. And you know, when you go to the cinema, they're sneaky. They say, well, this is where the screen is, and this is the seat. And you go, well, those front seats are a little bit too close to the screen. They never are. Mm-hmm. They're never too close. They're perfect distance. So I'm probably three rows back from the actual screen. That's where I like to sit. That's good. That's good. And and you're fine with people being behind you. I mean, I'm... I'm a bit like, I, I don't know where it comes from. I think I was maybe a hitman in a former life uh, because I have to sit at the back so I can see the entire cinema in front of me just so no one can sneak up behind me and like silence a pistol in the back of their head. So so you're fine with people behind you. So you need to know where the exits are. Right? I'm, I'm like Jean Reno in Lyon. Uh, you know, I sort of sleep with a glass of milk and a gun next to me in an armchair. 
<laughs> I'll be Natalie Portman with you just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, let's just repeat those words. All right, great. Um, so uh, we are sitting uh, in the middle. Three rows from the front. Now, the air mm-hmm. in the foyer, this is the last thing we need to do uh, before we leave the foyer. Now, you've touched on this already, but I just want to get a list format in case there are some differences from your initial suggestion. The air is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs are available. What are you choosing to eat? Oh, okay, this is huge. So, definitely salt popcorn, but I'm going to get the pa- I'm going to get the salt and vinegar popcorn. I'm going to get it from Whistler Cinema in Canada. That's going to be shipped over. I'm going to get that because I'm not in Canada. I'm in the UK. I've got that in one hand. I have a big uh, Coke Zero. I don't think a Diet Coke. I would normally go for one of those ice blasts, but that's just too much sugar for me now. So, I've got a lovely little Coke Zero. I then got, of course, some candy kit and sweets with me. 100%. But also then I've got the uh, either like honeycomb chocolate ones or the raisin chocolate ones and the white chocolate buttons. And I poured them all over the popcorn as well. Bish, bang, bosh. I'm ready to launch into that cinema. So aside from the salt and vinegar popcorn, which is savory, everything else, sweet. So you've got you've got your candy kittens, sweets, you've got your white chocolate. Are we, you, you're, you're saying no, absolutely not to to the nachos, to the hot dogs. Have you ever seen anyone go for a hot dog? Uh, no, do you know what? I haven't, but some people must do because there's limited space in a foyer. So someone is purchasing them for those to continue existing unless it's some like a major cinema chain lost a bet and just has to exhibit them. I don't know. I don't know who goes to them. Have you, have you ever have you eaten popcorn then refilled halfway through a movie? No, because the popcorn always contains kernels, uh, the little kernels in the bottom. And while some people are like, oh, that's my popcorn finish. It's just those hard nubs. I'm like, yeah. that's what I live for. I'm like chewing them for the rest of the movie between my teeth. Yeah. Get out. That, you like those little bits? Oh, my God. They're the, they're the best bit because it's like the popcorn never ends. You can't get through all those kernels. There's like 20 floating around in the bottom. And you're like, oh, crunch. Oh, crunch. It's great fun. What? So you chew those little things and it's like popcorn. Those are little chewy popcorn things. I don't want to oversell them. This is a trades description thing. They are in. They know in no way resemble the enjoyment of popcorn unless you like sort of rocks. They're like pellets. It's like che- chewing pellets. Oh my god, that sounds. I, I, I'm I, I'm one of those people. They end. I'm like, well, my popcorn's ended. Not anymore. Mm. Hello, little <laughs> Colonel Corns, whatever you called them. I'm going to go for those. Yeah, Colonels. K e r n e l s. Colonels. Popcorn kernels. All right. I'm just uh, again. Do you just, salute them? Do you salute them when you get to them? Is that what you do? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a military operation, uh, which is where the name comes from. They basically line up and march into my mouth and get chewed and swallowed. But again, it's a very, it's a very niche thing. I, I don't want to have oversold them to you. When you get to them and you chew that first word, you're going to be like, he's a wrong one. What, what other things, Alex and I, do you, do you complete? Do you eat like a banana skin? Do you complete any other? Do you, do you, do you, do you eat like a whole apple core? Is that what you do? Do you do anything like that? If I was starving and I was in a cinema and I had an apple, I'd finish the apple core because I'd be what like, you well, I'd, psycho? <laughs> you psycho? What are you talking about? You know, oh my God. You know, cause I don't want to miss the movie, but I'm like, I, I'm sort of really enjoying the process of eating. What are you, I'm, are you saying you go out and refill your popcorn halfway through? I refill hundred percent. I refill. I refill without a doubt. But, but I, I, but I have friends. I have a very, very close friend of mine who 
wouldn't dare leaving the cinema. He he wouldn't dare leaving the cinema. He actually he actually someone was having a someone was having um, a, a some sort of stroke or something in the cinema, and he jumped up and helped this person survive. And then they got taken out in an ambulance. And he told and everyone was like, "Well, we should probably leave." And he told the cinema person to rewind the movie ten seconds back because obviously the guy had ruined. He's like he is. If you sit with him and watch movies. You can't be on your phone. You can't talk. You have to stare at the fifth screen and consume everything that's happening. Otherwise, you haven't had the full experience. I like that. And I think there are very few circumstances when a cinema will rewind a film. But I guess saving someone's life, they're more likely to go, oh, do you know what? Just this once. Um, So you like or don't like your friend's insistence on really watching a movie that's that's not you you, you i mean you clearly not if you're going out to refill popcorn i have a middle ground with it so my fiance will sit on her phone and won't watch bits and it really upsets me i'm like you got to watch this bit you got to watch this bit and i so i i i i need you to to watch certain bits hey listen if you if you want to have a bit of you time during a movie, that's okay. But I want you to have a good discussion afterwards. You can't and talking over those great like movie moments that you just really hit you different. Like like okay, for example, Captain Phillips. Okay, mm-hmm. Captain Phillips. Yeah, one of the greatest pieces of acting in the entire world I've ever seen in any movie. Okay, firstly the bit where they you bit where Captain Phillips is tied up and the captain, the colonel, whoever he is, says, engage. And they all go, all get shot. That bit is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But then when Captain Phillips comes out the boat and he's on the bed and Tom Hanks is mimicking what it's like to have a complete shock and be in panic. And he says, sir, is this your blood? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> I, is it my, I don't know. That bit of acting is the, some of the greatest bit of acting I've ever seen. My fiance talked the whole way. I couldn't. <laughs> Couldn't I, honestly? If I had a if I had a gun, I would have shot her. Honestly, it's like <laughs> the most. Don't talk over those moments. Yeah, I know. I know the bit you mean when the medical checkup at the end, and he just starts sobbing, and you're like, oh, it's a it's a gut punch of a moment. Yeah, I can imagine talking over that when you said, look, you need to. Your fiance stops at that point. She's like, I'm, I'm Jamie. You're right. Let me watch this. No. Yes. No, no, no. no. Do, do you think my fiance doesn't listen to anything I say? Honestly, she just continues on and she doesn't care. And I'm just like, God, how can you not just love these moments? These little moments that you capture. Like, like in The Whale I watched recently where Brendan Fraser, he, you know, there, there's that sort of almost whale cry for help when his, it's his, his ex-wife who's leaving the door and he goes, I just need you, whatever. That mo- oh, my God. Talking over that? What are you <laughs> talking? What are you doing? Stop talking over it. But is she talking to you though? Is is she asking questions <sighs> uh, about it, or is she- nope, no, no? Talking to friends or, or voice noting. We were, we didn't watch this in. We watched it at home. Just talking, talking. The only time that I have ever really tried to distract people and myself during a scene in a movie is when my mum and I went to the cinema. And we had the choice of watching Meet the Parents or Brokeback Mountain. And we chose Brokeback Mountain because it was about cowboys. And we sat in the cinema and it was a packed cinema. I was sitting right next to my mum. 
And suddenly I realized in the very romantic scene where they have sex with each other, I suddenly realized what was happening. And to a 13-year-old boy watching any sort of sex scene with your mother is pretty intense. And I started hysterically laughing and shaking in my seat. <laughs> and I looked across at my mum to try and distract her. And it was almost like she had those horses things on. She was just staring straight at the screen because she couldn't look at me either. <laughs> we will never uh, speak of this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, listen, we've got all the snacks we need. Let's get out of the foyer and start our walk towards the auditorium. Now, as you walk down the corridor, I'm going to be putting posters up on the cinema wall to illustrate mm. some of your most important movie memories. And this first poster I'm putting up is going to depict your fondest movie memory. I imagine it's not Brokeback Mountain with your mum, but what is it? Oh, see, this is this is a huge question. Like, like, how can you possibly... You try and answer your own question. Alex, why don't you answer it? Uh, I, I, no, no, I haven't taken this test, and it is a test yet. So um, I, uh, I, I reserve the right to just be the question asker because it is hard, and I wouldn't wish these questions on anyone. Says the host of the oh, podcast. I just don't know. Okay, so, so you know, what, like, what is it? What year is it? What time? Okay, I'm going to start when I was younger because you know nostalgia and what really brought me into cinema. And, you know, and I will see it and I'll go, God, because then it just takes me through my whole life of cinema, right? So I remember it. it's Last Action Hero. And uh, yeah, no, sorry, you, I could see you registering my expression. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for, uh, I'm waiting for the, the sort of surrounding uh, paraphernalia of, of this moment, because surely it wasn't watching that film as a film, because I, I, I've, I've tried to defend it. I've rewatched it recently. And are you serious? <laughs> I, Are you joking? That's like blasphemy. You think it's not a good movie? I don't know that many people do think it's a good movie, Jamie. Do they? Oh my! God. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the first person to tell you this. But you're going to struggle to find people who are like, no, Last Action Hero is it's actually it's a, it's great. Even Arnie you knows have... it's not good. Arnie said it wasn't good. What? The director said it wasn't good. No one. It, the people what? who made that film <laughs> don't like that film. What? It's got forty percent on Rotten Tomato. It's got forty percent on Rotten Tomato. Okay, yeah. what, what else do you want? What 40. else? Do you, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you got like an inception of movies. You've got you've got me. A a how old was I when it came out? It came out in ninety three. I was I was six years old. Mm. I couldn't believe it. What a grenade came out of the cinema. That's unbelievable. That's what I was. And the movie poster. That shits on all other movie posters. I mean, it's it's a good movie poster. I I I don't deny that, and I was excited about it. But truly, like you know, what do you remember about that movie when you think back? And you go, oh, I love that scene. Which scene was it? Apart from the stick of dynamite in the cinema, which is kind of fun. Oh, it was a stick of dynamite. That was yeah. it. It's not the grenade. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I truly, did you? Did you like it? It's so, uh, I'll tell you what's good about it. All right, let's do what's good about it. This is your fondest movie memory. I, I do not want to sit here pissing all over it. Um, Charles Dance is absolutely brilliant with his fake contact lens that he keeps changing depending on the seat. That, I remember thinking, that's cool. <laughs> that is the only bit that you think is cool out yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, what do uh, you whole... think is cool? Come on, what, what, okay, apart I, from I, the dynamite. I, I, I like the bit where they used to play chicken with each other when they used to drive in the car and towards each other and they would play chicken. And mm. then he did it in the in the real world and he realized how much it hurt. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That was great. 
That yeah. was great. It was just also, it was just so full of, like, also, it was a movie lover meeting his hero from a movie. Yeah. Like, what? Like, next you're going to say, Alex, that Con Air isn't the greatest action movie of all time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm going I'm to edit that out. That, I, don't even, I can't even <laughs> truck with that sentence on this podcast. Con Air is a masterpiece. Put the Bernie back in the <laughs> box. Fantastic, but not doing kind. Sayonara. <laughs> John Malkovich, oh, he is a god in that movie. Cyrus the Virus, please. And so <laughs> I want to understand this last action hero thing. Can you tell me the circumstances in which you saw it? Because maybe those will have added. Was it with Xander? Yeah. Was it with a group of friends? It, it, it was for me because I I always grew up like admiring people. Like I admired my older brother. I admired people in movies. I had older sisters. So my sister, when I was younger, was about 18. She was the coolest thing in the world. So for me, it, people who were saving people and doing amazing things, they were superheroes. Those were everything that I admired. So Robocop, loved Robocop. Last Action Hero, loved it. Loved all that. So I was just such an action hero buff there was there was a movie which was called something like secret agent which was about a boy who is in uh in school and he became a secret agent by accident do you remember that one i i don't but i i can imagine as a kid that is that is wish fulfillment oh my god i couldn't believe it you know i watched the movie um which was oh god i saw it the other day which was about the the guys who played baseball and he hit the baseball over the the fence and there was the dog and they couldn't get it and it was with babe ruth in it and it had a babe ruth baseball uh i mean i I could go through all my baseball movies but i i'm kind of there's field of dreams there's uh uh, the angels of the outfield no 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 what do you it was it was called oh my god Oh, I have to find this one. Uh, a baseball movie about kids, kids and a dog. Here we go. We're going to find it. It's the, the Sandlot. The Sandlot. It came up. Right. Right. Well done. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should be helping. I'm sitting here watching my guests sort of like find it, but well done. I can't believe. Fumble over hey. these ridiculous movies. <laughs> Baseball movie with dogs and kids. And you got it. The Sandlot. All right. I've never seen it. So I, I excuse myself from that. Look, let's put up a poster for Last Action Hero. That is your fondest movie memory. And who am I to judge? So let's walk a bit further down this corridor. I'm going to put up another poster <laughs> You're now. so disappointed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I do. I I do have a sort of weird soft spot for Last Action Hero. I just wanted to be the voice of the people, and I think the people don't agree with us. So the second poster I'm putting up is your worst movie memory. What is it? Oh, very easy. There's only two movies that I've ever walked out on. Okay. Mm. One of them was the the remake, the, the, the Indiana Jones movie, which was in like 2010, I think it was, or whatever it was around there. And it was, you know, Harrison Ford was in it. It was just awful. I walked out of that one. That was not a good movie. Uh, it was not a great uh, movie, but I was a bit older then. I think I was traveling. I must have been about 19 years old. So listen, I was liberal. I had, the, I could, I could walk into a McDonald's and buy whatever I wanted. I wasn't, my parents weren't there telling me what I couldn't do. Mm. Could, I could do whatever I want, but we went to watch a movie when we were younger and you know, you got to go to the movies, what, once a month if you were lucky? I yep. don't know, something like that. I had my popcorn. I had my sweet. I was ready for it. I was like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to watch it. We sat down and we watched Runaway Bride. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. And 
Richard Gear, you absolute douchebag for putting me through that. I walked out as a kid with popcorn and sweets. I walked out of the cinema and I was furious. <laughs> furious. My 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 weight my my one of my one times I go to the cinema in my you know in that year was wasted. That wasn't anything like free willy. You kidding me? <laughs> That's just a complete waste of time. What trying to make a remake of Pretty Pretty Woman and you've done that? Yeah. Like, what is going on? So yeah, that's that that was my worst movie memory. Yeah, Runaway Bride, yes. Uh yeah, I remember the whole thing. It's like, hey, Gear and Roberts reunited, Pretty Woman, the magic rekindled. No. Good. So, uh, so of the two, though, your worst. So it's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or Runaway Bride. Which are you putting up? Yeah, I think I'm going to put up Runaway Bride just because it angered me more. Again, Alex, I need to ask you, what's your one? And my worst movie memory. God, no. What am I doing? I literally, I see what you're doing. This is what I need this to is know. What, Give it to me. Give this it is to what, me. It's what this the people is what want. Your part, your podcast, private part, parts. Uh, you dive deep under the covers of your favorite celebs' lives and find out their most intimate stories and naked truths. I was like. Wonder how he does that, and I'm seeing it now. It's sort of persistence. It's like you keep asking, <laughs> you wait for their guard to be down, and then suddenly they're like, "Well, that's why you know I had sex with my." Well, gerbil. then, Alex, you have to make me a deal. If you don't want to answer now, you have to come on my podcast so I can interview and ask you the questions. Then that's fair. Absolutely fine. Yes, and I, I, I will, I will give it some thought, and I will come prepared. But I, you know, you will wear me down, and I will tell you things that I'll immediately regret, <laughs> and I'll walk out of your podcast studio going, "Sorry, Jamie, I, can we just talk about exactly what you're keeping in that episode?" Um, so yeah, right. Runaway bride poster's gone up. Third poster mm -hmm. depicts the last performance that brought you to tears. Wow. Okay. These questions again, it's just so huge. I mean, there are so many different things. What kind of tears are we talking about? We're talking about like, are we emotional right now? Are we just elated? What are we, go what are we talking about? So, um, there's been a couple of movies where honestly, um, I have like hardly been able to contain myself. I watched a movie which also has Richard Gere in it mm -hmm. um, that I watched with my uh, my fiance, and as we were watching it, she was crying so much. She said, "Why have you made me watch this?" <laughs> and it was, and if you haven't seen it, Alex, honestly, it is. I, I gotta say these. I know I'm rambling, but there's a few movies. One movie, this movie, uh, I watched with my fiance, and it was. It's called Hatchy. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have not. So this is, this is the movie that made your fiancé cry to the extent she questioned your sanity. She, she questioned my... She said, why have you made me watch this? Hatchie is based on a true story about a dog. It's a Chinese, Chinese story or a Japanese story. Um, and it's about a dog that is left at a train station, but it's replayed by Richard Gere. And he finds the dog at the train station. And I, and I, and I don't want to ruin it for you. And he takes the dog home and looks after it. Uh, okay, I got it. I mean, I feel like I got to say it. Right, do it. Oh God, do I or do you watch it? Oh, I don't. know. I think you watch it. All right, I think you watch it. Okay, but this is like cocaine bear all over again. I, if the dog dies, I, and then I'm, I'm literally, I will not be put through that. So you have to tell me. I'm, I'm okay. Okay. The the so what? Hatchy is picked up at the train station. Richard Gear loves this dog. It's called Hatchy, and they're just best of friends. They're best of friends. Richard Gere gets on the train every single day and goes to work as a professor. And it's just a beautiful story. Anyway, um, Hatchie one day breaks out of the backyard and runs and joins Richard Gere at the train station as he's getting on the train. He says, Hatchie, what are you doing here? you got to go home. Go home. And Hatchie, he gets on the train, he goes to work and Hatchie waits on the train station. 
and waits for his master to come back and they walk home together. He does that every single day. It's a true story. Every single day, Hatchie does that. At the same time, he goes to the train station to pick up his master at four o'clock in the afternoon. And then one day, Richard Gere goes to work, has a heart attack and never comes home. And Hatchie, for the rest of his life, goes to the train station at the same day and sits on the platform and waits for his master to come home. And he never does. Oh my <laughs> God. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You haven't spoiled it for me because I've seen a statue of the dog that that is yes. based on in Shibuya in Tokyo. And I've, I've yes. heard the original story. It is It's that exact thing. That's a really true story. It's a really true story. You got. It's called Hatchy. You have to watch it. Oh my <laughs> God. It is just beyond. So, so that one may, really made me cry. Which is, which is an amazing movie. The other movie, which um, I remember I tried to explain it to my mum when I was walking up the stairs and I was, uh, I was younger and I walked into the room and I tried to explain what happened in this movie to my mum and I started crying when I was explaining to her. Patch Adams. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. When he, he finishes, the, he doesn't finish the poem. He says the poem to her in, when all the balloons are in the room and then he finishes at her funeral. Oh my God, that really knocked my socks off. Um, uh, there's just, God, there are just so many. I, I, one of the only movies that has 100% on Rotten Tomato, Nowhere Special, James Norton. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh my God, you've got to watch it. It's unbelievable. It's called Nowhere Special. It is for the acting. I, I always thought James Norton, I thought, okay, is he a good actor? Nowhere Special. Unbelievable, 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. He's a window cleaner. He looks after his son. Watch that. So those three movies, but for me, because I was crying with my fiance and she questioned my sanity, it's got to be Hatchie. I'm pleased she said that. Hatchie, I, I, I love the sound of it. Like I said, knew the story. Didn't know there was a movie based on it and the dog doesn't die. At least he's not the first one to go. So great. Hatchie <laughs> can go on the list. Fantastic. We're putting up a poster for Hatchie. Right. Our final movie poster before we leave the corridor and enter the auditorium depicts your unpopular movie opinion. Wow. God. Ugh. I mean, look, I mean, our last action hero obviously has been, <laughs> been put, put out there. So, I mean, last action hero is just, I mean, one of those things. But our unpopular opinion on a movie. Look, I, I'm still, I'm going to go with what we spoke about earlier, I think. And I'm going to say it. I think one of the greatest movies ever made in this world is Real Steel. I think it is. I think it's honestly one of the greatest movies ever. And I'm going to put it up there. It's not unpopular, but I'm going to just say, look, this is one of the greatest movies. And if you haven't seen it, you haven't properly lived. So I'm going to have that up there. Or I'm going to have Sweet Home Alabama. Why do you want to marry me? So I can kiss you anytime I want. (laughs) (laughs) I believe, yes. So, yeah, Sweet Home Alabama actually visualizes the phrase lightning in a bottle by having lightning actually in bottles. That's what Josh Lucas does, doesn't he? He catches lightning in bottles. Amazing. Yeah. That or the other one, which is also one of the greatest comedies to ever grace the cinemas, Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, no disagreement with that. That is not an unpopular movie opinion. That movie is solid fry gold. It's wonderful. (laughs) It is. Isn't Hot Tub Time Machine one of the greatest movies? Yeah, it's brilliant. That, the, the end where Lewis changed Google to Lugal, uh, spoiler, is just, <laughs> it's, it's great. 
It's great. <laughs> he um, changes it to Luke, <laughs> and he's 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 honestly chaos in a human body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so it's not hot tub time machine because that's 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 just uh, brilliant. Sweet up Alabama, uh, lightning in a bottle, great call. But I think real steel um, because it's uh, because you've gone with the moniker, the greatest, one of the greatest movies ever. And as a real steel fan, I'm aware that's blatantly not true. So yeah, it's not. I honestly think Hugh Jackman was surprised he didn't get the Oscar nomination. But look at look at this. We got we got your your experience watching the greatest showman. Now you've real steals one of the greatest movies ever. I mean, I think you're on a Hugh Jackman trip, man. Oh my god, Hugh Jackman, just what a great guy. Yeah. Just what a great guy. I just like I just oh man. Just Wolverine, he was great. He's so versatile, you know, just prisoners he's amazing like it's just he's just great he's just great well uh, he's going to be pleased that real steel is getting some acknowledgement because it wasn't at the time so the poster for real steel is the final poster we're putting up let's head into the auditorium now jamie there's a queue of people here they'd love to join you and xander in the cinema are you letting them in do you want a busy screen i i i, I don't know i uh, do i watching a movie with just me and my bro and experiencing it do you know what? I'm going to go solo. I'm going to do it solo with me and my bro. I'm just going to have it. Yeah, no one else in there. I'm sorry. That's absolutely fine. We're sending, we're sending the crowd away. They fully understand. They understand your argument. How often do you get to just watch a movie in a cinema with you and your bro? Done. They're off. Yeah. So we're in the auditorium. We've taken our seats, three rows from the front in the middle. Now, before we play the movie, there's a few other things we're going to do first. And we're going to start with playing the trailer for the film you're most looking forward to. What is it? I mean, for for me, trailers unfortunately have got worse because they give give away too much. Is that is that where you go? They give away too much of the movie now. Mm. Like like trailers are sort of two and a half minutes long. They're giving away so much. If you look at like I know an a, a sort of nineties trailer trailer. Like if you look at some of those ones, it's just like go and rewatch like Heat's trailer. Like, are you kidding me? Like. You, like it's almost clickbaity. Some of the stuff doesn't even like it. It's not even in the movie. I think <laughs> like like that's what you want from a trailer. You want to have you want to be gripped. You want to have the 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 low. This year we have you know you want to have whoever that guy is talking over it. You want to have the roar of the lion. You want to have all of this shining across. And I think you got to go for like a the the only movie recently which I was like, okay, this feels like an old school action movie. Um, and the trailer was really good, was Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> the Michael Bay one. Like, yeah. yeah, the Michael Bay one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It felt like an old school one. But, but trailer-wise, wow. Um, it's funny you mentioned the, the idea of stuff being in trailers that, uh, that isn't in the movie. I, I think there was a case recently that some fans of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Anna de Armas, um, they won this case because Anna de Armas was in a trailer for a movie. I cannot remember the movie. And then they cut her from the final movie and these fans of hers had gone to the film to see her in it and she wasn't in it. And I think they sued the studio because it was, it was false advertising saying this person, this actress, was in the film and then wasn't. How can they do that, though? Surely they're not allowed to do that. Yeah, well, I think maybe they cut, you know, films are like edited until the 11th hour. So maybe she was in it when they released the trailer, unless they actually fundamentally knew that she wasn't going to be in it. And it was to get these poor Anna de Armas fans in the cinema. 
Okay, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Well, the, the movie which I think I'm going to go for, which I haven't seen, but I'm super excited for, which I think is amazing, is Air. Mm. Right. I've yeah. seen the trailer for it. I haven't watched the movie. I'm super excited. We've got Ben Affleck and Matt Damon back together again. You know, it's, you know, everything. It's got entrepreneurship. It's got business. It's got action. It's got sport. It's got everything you need. So Air. For me, it's going to be Air. Can't wait. Looks great. Heard fantastic things about it. We're playing the trailer for Air. All right. Next up, we're going to play your favorite shot or sequence from a movie. Oh, my God. Jesus. These are, okay. Sequence. Okay. Favorite shot from a movie. There's a moment in The Rock, The Rock, where Nicolas Cage climbs up. I think it's Nicolas Cage, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. Nicolas, yeah it's Nicolas Cage and he climbs up. And he has the flares and he breaks them and he, <laughs> he gets hands and knees and the jets <laughs> fly over. Oh it's my God. unbelievable. Oh, you, that is genuinely, that is in my top three greatest scenes ever. You've picked one of mine. I know I said is I haven't really? done this test. Is it really? The bit where the pilot goes, like it's already away. I've already launched the missile. I can feel myself going now and it's like too late. And like his wife, his girlfriend thinks he's dead and everyone thinks he's dead because you watch the island explode as the, like, as the plane spirals upwards and you're like, oh my God. Like I cry every time I see that because like amazing action like that makes me cry. Wow. Dude, there's only there's two things that that scene in the rock when that happens, and when Shania Twain goes, "Get ready, girls," you know that song. That don't impress. Obviously, <laughs> it makes me want to go. Come on, let's go. <laughs> when Shania Twain says, "Let's go, girls." <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly think that moment in the rock is is the visualization of Shania Twain going get ready girls. Honestly, man, I swear to God, she must have watched that and gone like, now I'm going to write this song. It's, it's oh. unbelievable. Oh. It's unbelievable for right. sure. The green smoke sequence from The Rock is going to be the sequence we're playing. Okay, uh, now, uh, you very kindly printed out T-shirts as an apology to our audience for not letting them in. You weren't obliged to. And it has your favorite movie quote on the front. What's your favorite movie quote? Oh, my God. Because uh, it has to, like, drive some sort of emotion with it. My favorite movie quote... Ah, my God. I, sh uh, I tell you what, it, it, I mean, it's, it's just because it just, it, the whole sequence of, of it is just uh, insane. But in, in any given Sunday, mm. Al Pacino, he sits there and he goes, three minutes to the biggest battle of your professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we'll crumble bit by bit, inch by inch, play by play till we're finished. That, and then it leads into the whole speech. Man, you want to be hyped up? Mm. Get ready for that shit. Goose <laughs> yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that for me is, uh, I think, underrated in terms of performance. Like, how uh, that... It's, it's weird because I'm not like I'm not a massive sports fan, but American sports dramas, the way they're constructed, it's just 
it's wonderful. You know, movies like sports that I, I have a, a, a vague understanding of, like American football in any given Sunday or Moneyball, base, the baseball movie Moneyball. I'm oh. just like, I just, I, I, I get swept away in the, in the grandeur of the spectacle. Man, it just, it, it, I, I'm a big sports movies fan and I just love them. And I'm just, I don't know, again, it puts something within me. It, it lightens me and it's that sense of like camaraderie and, Ah, all together. So I think if I could have a big T-shirt with that big quote on it, because it means so much, I think I would go for something like that. Oh, Love it. God. Al Pacino, the start of Al Pacino's speech from any given Sunday is going on the T-shirts. Last thing we have to do. Now, before we play the movie you've picked, very excited to find out what we're going with. But before we get to it, your favorite song or soundtrack or score from a movie is going to be played into the auditorium for you and Xander. What is your favorite song? Or soundtrack from a film. Oh my god! Uh, I, I, god, it, this is going to be really cheesy, and it's going to be it's going to be um, it's it's going to be strange. But I I I, I I I could go for Titanic. You know what I mean? Just because you know. And just rewatch the ending when it's the ghost coming back through, and he's seeing all the people who died on the boat. She is because she's got that bit, ah, oh, that little flute bit, whatever it is, just drives something within me. That, um, <laughs> but I think the greatest soundtrack for any movie is the Armageddon soundtrack. <laughs> the Armageddon soundtrack, um, Aerosmith. Don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, but also the 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 tune for it. Have you the tune for actual just? I don't know who composed it. I I, I mean, I almost it, it starts and then it goes into it. But it's Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. That is fantastic. But also the actual sort of composed music for Armageddon. <sighs> the score for Armageddon. Great. I I mean. Uh, it's it's a fantastic movie. Uh, I, I I I love that. I've I've argued. Someone once told me that Deep Impact was a, a better film than Armageddon. They came out in the same year. Incorrect. Incorrect. That's one of the movies that makes me cry as well. Beyond anything, still to this day. Yeah, yeah. I, I just have to. You know, I'm um, Gracie. Yeah, I'm gonna have to break my promise. <laughs> oh my god, that moment. And then he goes. I, I have to say something too. I, when I said I wasn't like you, it's because I am like you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. Now you've said it out loud. I'm like, do I love this movie? But in the moment. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Are you no, kidding it me? is. I know it is. It's, it's great. Can I ask, what that, movie oh, makes you cry? What movie makes you cry? Uh, what movie makes me cry? God, well, see, look, you're doing it again. Not my, I'm not answering uh, your questions. I'll come on. I'll come on your podcast. I would love to thank you for the kind invitation. And okay, I will answer your questions. Then. But until then. I'm keeping my cards close to my chest. And also, we've arrived at the finale, the climax of tonight. We're about to announce to this auditorium, to Xander, and to yourself, the movie out of all others in the world that you have picked to screen on your perfect trip to the movies. What are we watching, Jamie? Oh my god, dude! I mean, the ultimate question: What is it going to be? You know, Breakfast Club, fantastic. It could be their true romance. Oh my god, the greatest love story of all time. But what do you want? You want to feel emotion? You want to cry? You want to have some action? You want to have it all? 
I, I, I think this is it. it it's, I, I, I loved it. I just thought it was great. I just think there's so much emotion in it and I can watch it over and over again and I don't really ever get bored. Oh my God. There, there, are, there are two. There are two. Uh, there is one. Um, there is one which uh, I would probably watch, which is Blood Diamond, potentially. Mm. I absolutely just love Blood Diamond. Um, I love it more than anything in the entire world. I just think it's amazing. But I think the movie that I would watch over and over again, and I would just keep watching, be in my son, would be Man on Fire with oh. Denzel Washington. Greasy! <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell me when you first saw Man on Fire, a, a criminally yeah. underrated Denzel Washington movie, astonishingly has something like 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, which to this day bewilders me. Why do you love it? When did you see it? Oh my God, I just checked. It has 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Insanity. It has 4.7 out of 5 on Amazon and 7.7 on IMDb. What is that about? Um, I first watched Man on Fire with my brother. That's why. So we're bringing it back. It's a cyclical. We like to do that. I watched it with my bro and I watched it um, at my mum's house. And we, I had just come back from school. And it was the holidays and we wanted to watch something together and we sat down and we watched Man on Fire. And it's yeah, it's it's a it's a movie about uh you know rebuilding your life. It's a movie about family, it's a movie about love, it's about passion, it's it's yeah, it's a movie about like someone it's revenge revenge stories are just anyone who says Oh, revenge isn't good. Revenge is great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> revenge. Um, so we watched it together and um, me and my bro just absolutely love that movie. So it's got to be Man on Fire. Wonderful. And um, just as an aside, I did once interview Denzel Washington about Man on Fire. And he said uh, he said it's his wife's favorite film of his own. So she clearly agrees really? with you. Mm, yeah, that's the, the film. Denzel Washington's wife, of all his movies, she thinks is his best film. I, I truly think it's his best movie. Forget Training Day. Forget all those. You know, what? Get out of here. The Man on Fire. What? That is just the best. Man on Fire is the movie we're playing. And that's it, Jamie. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you. I say guests. Xander's milling out, <laughs> smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking him on an incredible night and indeed us on an incredible night out at the movies. But before you go, it's time for this week's mystery question as we ask, oh, what's in the box? Saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? It's got a box, fully immersive. Don't know if you um, have props on your pod, but uh, yeah, this is a big deal. <laughs> uh, so the mystery question this week is, ooh, what is the one thing you've spent the most time getting right for your upcoming nuptials? My God, I, remember, I think for for me the big thing is like what is the the walk in music? I just can't, I like I can't get anything right for the music. I don't know what we pick. Do we go emotional? Do we go exciting? Do we not? At the moment, I'm stuck on Jason Mraz. I'm yours, and you don't. I was like, what is that? <laughs> so I think for me, it's the, the music. I'm I'm just uh, it's it's yeah. I just can't get it right at the moment. For me, that's the most full on thing. Uh, because I'm a geek and a little bit of a twat, uh, I came into the Imperial March from Star Wars. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's actually great. I want to come into <laughs> Jurassic Park, but I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Lovely. 
Well, Jamie, that is it. Your taxi has arrived to ferry you back to reality. But before you go, let's recap your perfect night out at the cinema. You are going with your brother Xander at 7 p.m. on a late summer's evening in August. You are going to be sitting in the middle, three rows from the front. You are going to be having flown in from Whistler, Canada, salt and vinegar popcorn that you're going to refill halfway through. You're grabbing a Coke Zero some candy kitten sweets and some potentially white chocolate buttons or some raisins in chocolate that you're going to chuck into that popcorn and enjoy it as it melts. Your fondest ever movie memory, no judgment, is Last Action Hero. Your worst movie memory and one of only two films you've walked out of is Runaway Bride. The performance that brought you to tears, Hatchy with Richard Gere. So he's both your worst <laughs> and last performance that brought you to tears. God, he's made a comeback in two minutes. The movie that is your most unpopular opinion is that Real Steel is one of the greatest films ever made. We're going to play the trailer for Air. We're then going to be playing, oh my gosh, the green smoke sequence from the end of The Rock. We're going to be printing on T-shirts Al Pacino's speech from any given Sunday. We're listening to the score from Armageddon. We almost watched Blood Diamond, but no, we are watching Man on Fire because revenge is great. Oh that my is it, God. Jamie. That You're is the, that's the <laughs> this is the this is the best one you've ever done. Hundred that is the greatest answers I've ever heard. <laughs> it's been a wonderful trip. Thank you for taking us on this trip to movies. Jamie, have you had a good time? I've had the best time, buddy. Thank you so much. Big fan of yours as well and what you do, so thank you so much for having me. And as Jamie's cab carries him away from our virtual cinema, off into the distance is your chance to win a pair of tickets to a night out at a very real Odeon cinema. As I said at the start, the lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to give away every week, and if you'd like the chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show or a comment on our socials. You can leave the review on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or other, or you can get in touch on any of our socials, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, where we are at Trip to Movies Pod. The competition is only open to UK residents and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find a full ad-free video interview for today's Jamie Lang episode and indeed every guest on our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel. So head over there, subscribe and get all of this video goodness for free. All right, that really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest takes us on a trip to the movies. Bye-bye.